Pastor Xavier Reese and living within the protective boundaries of the Word of God. It's better for you to dwell within the borders that God has given to you than to try to always see how close you can get to the border before you're out. Be careful of that. Stay right in the center. Don't be dwelling out there in the periphery, but stay right in the center. It's better to obey than to sacrifice than to hearken to the fatter rams. For the sin of rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Heavy words. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We can learn from history or become a historical record of wrong choices. Today, Pastor Xavier digs out the simple truths of lessons learned from those who have gone before us to illustrate how their choices to follow God or not dictated how they lived their lives here on earth. Open up your Bible to the Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles chapter 4 for today's simple truths and recommended guidelines for a decision-making process drawn out from God's Word. Let's listen. Often people come and they start reading books such as 1 Chronicles, especially the opening chapters. And the first question they ask is, why did God ever record this? Because it's a bunch of names, a bunch of genealogies, details that really perhaps would not make any sense to us as we read them. But they are important because God does not just allow anything to be recorded because He wants to say something. But as we read things such as First Chronicles, it's interesting to understand that the Word of God is inspired, that the Word of God was written by the Spirit of God through the vehicle of men. And so really in Chronicles we get a divine perspective, which brings us to chapter 4 now. You get the sons of uh, or the family of Judah, and it goes through and gives them. But let's stop at verse 9. You have Jabez, it says, was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. So his name means pain or grief. Now, that's not a very nice name to have, but we know that many times the children were named under the circumstance or situation that they were born under. Remember that Jacob means heel catcher, and he grabbed his brother's heel. Esau means hairy, and he was red and hairy. And so apparently, you know, that's the way they named you. I mean, if you came out of breach birth and you happen to live, they'd probably call you breach. I mean, you know, they just named you under that. But whatever this guy was, why he was called pain or grief, uh, we don't know. But it is interesting to see and observe his prayer. He says, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. The man who was called pain and grief was a man of prayer. How much pain and how much grief we can escape if we become people of prayer. How much pain we can bring to ourselves and how much grief we can bring to people around us when we are not people of prayer. But this man, first of all, prayed that God would bless him. Bless me, Lord. It speaks of grace. 
Because why should God bless me? Not because I'm good, but God blesses me because he's good. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good, Peter says, quoting the Psalms. So he's really petitioning for grace. Secondly, enlarge my territories. He is petitioning for growth. Are you asking that God loosen your cords and expand your borders? Or do you see yourself and your Christian life as a very limited area? You see yourself as just being saved and going to church and learning a little bit of information about the Bible and just saying your prayers at night and not bothering anybody and you're waiting for the rapture. Or are you praying, Lord, make me grow. Expand my borders. Give me vision not only to see far, but to see broad. Use me. And then he prayed for God's guidance and your hand would be with me you see all the blessing and all the expansion of my borders will mean nothing if i don't have god going before me i'll ruin it i'll blow it i'll use it for my own advantage because basically we are selfish and self-centered and fourth of all that you would keep me from evil I like that. Jesus says the very same petition as he taught his disciples to pray. Keep me from those areas where I would be prone to enter in and add to my own herd. Keep me from those areas where the enemy would attack me and try to ensnare me. I like what David prays in the psalm. He says, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sin. Lord, put a door at my mouth. <laughs> Lord, guard my heart. And so this man that was called grief and pain trusted completely in God. And rather than to live out the meaning of his name, he allowed God to change what he was to be natural to the supernatural. That should be our prayer. Verse 15, the sons of Caleb are given again. All the way down to verse 23. In verse 24, we get the family of Simeon. The sons of Simeon were uh, Nemuel, Jamin, Jerob, uh, Zerah, and Shul, and so on and so forth. And it speaks about the cities, the villages that were given to them. Uh, verse 41 tells us um, these uh, recorded by names came in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and they attacked their tents and the Meunites who were found there and utterly destroyed them as it is to this day. So they dwelt in their place because there was pasture for their flocks there. Uh, now some of them, 500 of the sons of uh, Simeon, went to Mount Seir, having as their captain Pelatiah, uh, Neriah, Rephaiah, and Uziel, the sons of Ishai. And they defeated the rest of the Amalekites who had escaped. They have dwelt there. To this day, the Amalekites, remember the Amalekites? Moses went out up to the mountain to pray, and Joshua went out, and Aaron and Ner held his arms. The Amalekites are a type of the flesh, the flesh that is always to destroy you. You must reckon the dead. You must drive it out. You dare not bargain with your flesh. You dare not cater to your flesh. 
because they will turn around and slay you. And so as the Amalekites were put to death, we must reckon the old man dead daily. Chapter 5, we have the family of Reuben. Now these are the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel. He was indeed the firstborn, and because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the sons of Israel, um, that the genealogy is not listed according to the birthright. And so, as we mentioned before, he forfeited his birthright, and they were given to the sons of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh, and they were absorbed into the twelve tribes. Verse 2 says, Yet Judah prevailed over his brothers, and from him came a ruler. The reference to the ruler is David. He came through the tribe of Judah, although the birthright was Joseph's. And so it gives um, a parenthetical explanation here. Tilgath-Pileser is mentioned in verse 16, the king of Assyria who carried them captive, um, the northern tribes, particularly Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh who settled on the east side of the Jordan. And they came back and they told uh, Moses and man and Joshua and, and he says, what are you doing? Didn't God take us 40 years in the wilderness because people refused to enter in and now you want to go back? He said, no, no, you don't understand. You know, we're herdsmen and we like that territory. We'll go in with you to occupy the land and once we've settled the land, we want to take our inheritance on the other side. He says, okay, then that'll be good. But if you follow the record, they got him in trouble in more than one way. And so it's better for you to dwell within the borders that God has given to you than to try to always see how close you can get to the border before you're out. Be careful of that. Don't be dwelling out there in the periphery, but stay right in the center. Verse 11, you get the family of Gad. Children of Gad, they dwell next to them in the land of Basham as far as uh, Selka. And again, that's the um, other side of Jordan. Verse 17, all these were registered by the genealogies in the days of Jotham, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel. The sons of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh had 44,760 valiant men, men able to bear shield and sword, to shoot with the bow, and careful in war, who went to war. Uh, verse 20, the middle portion says, All who were with them, for they cried out to God in the battle, He indeed... Uh, he heeded their prayers because they put their trust in him. Now, as we get to verse 23, we get the family of Manasseh, okay? And these are the three tribes that settle on the other side of Jordan, on the east side. Verse 25 says they were unfaithful to God of their fathers. Verse 26 says, So the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Paul, king of Assyria, that is, Tilgath, Peleser, king of Assyria, he carried the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe Manasseh into captivity. And so we see that they were the first to go into captivity way before the Babylonian captivity. And um, there's lessons to be learned there about abiding in the places that God wants us to. Jesus says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now in chapter 6, we get the family of Levi. The sons of Levi were Gershom, Koath, and Merari, or Merari, whichever way you want to pronounce it. It enumerates the three sons. They had different tasks. If you go through Numbers and Leviticus, you find the different orders as the tabernacle. Here in verse 2, it says the sons of Koath were Amram, Isar, Hebron, Uziel, the children of Amram, that's the mother of Moses, was Aaron, Moses, and Miriam. So you get the three children who were born unto Amram. 
Verse 27 is interesting. It says, Eliab, his son, uh, Jeroboam, his son, and Elkanah, his son. Elkanah. Remember Elkanah? Samuel was born unto Elkanah. Remember um, that he had two wives, the father of Samuel. And the one was barren, the other one was not. And remember that as you read Samuel, that the sons of Samuel did not walk or know God. As a matter of fact, the people of God told Samuel, don't let your sons rule because they don't know God. Interesting that we can be men and women of God and be so concerned with the world and yet totally neglect our children. Make sure that you spend time with your children in the Word of God. Make sure you talk to your children about spiritual things. Make sure that they see the life of the Spirit in your own life. Make sure it's not always cramming things down their throat. You need to lift your children up in prayer and to God. How many Christian's kids have rebelled against God because of the poor example of their parents? And it's so easy to justify, well, I'm serving God. Yes, but I'm neglecting my home many times. The sons of Merorite in verse 29, and then in verse 31, we have the musicians in the house of the Lord. He says, now these are the men whom David appointed over the service of the, to sing to the house of the Lord after the ark came to rest. They were ministering with music before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of meeting until Solomon had built the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, and they served in their office according to their order. And so you have these men who were particularly called and anointed by God to sing. How would you like that calling, just to be a singer for the Lord? And then in verse 48 says, And their brethren, the Levites, were appointed to every kind of service of the tabernacle of the house of God. And so there are those who were doing service through the house. Everything was to be kept in order. Everything was to be done by different individuals. So like in the New Testament, we have the body fitly joined together. Every part is interrelated, interdependent. And we have many members. No two people are alike. No two people have the same gifts, the same office, the same call. And we can take care of the church of God through the people of God. Verse 49, the family of Aaron, but Aaron and his sons offer sacrifice and the altar burn offerings and the altar of incense to work in the most holy place to atone for Israel. And so you have the priesthood over there, verse 49 to 53. In verse 54, we get the dwelling place of the Levites, the cities, and all that, and you can go through there. Now in chapter 7, we get the family of Issachar, the sons of Issachar, Rotola, Puam, Jeshu, and Simron, and four in all. And um, it goes on and gives the rest of it down to verse 5. Verse 6, you get the family of Benjamin. The sons of Benjamin were Bela, Beaker, and Jediel, three in all. And enumerates them on down. Verse 13, you get the family of Naphtali, or Naphtali, whichever. And the sons of Naphtali were Jeziel, Guni, uh, how do you like that name? Guni, uh, Jezer, and Shalom. I thought Xavier was bad. And the sons of Bilam. Chapter 8, the family tree of King Saul of Benjamin. So we're coming up to the area of Samuel where the people of God got tired of having God as their king and they wanted a king like all the other nations. 
We come down to verse 33. He says, Ner begot Kish, Kish begot Saul, and Saul begot Jonathan, Melchishua, that's a neat name, Melchishua, Abinadab, and Eshbel, or it's Ishbosheth. And uh, so it mentions the sons of Saul. Verse 40 says, The sons of Ulam were mighty men of valor, archers. They had many sons and grandsons, 150 in all. These were all sons of Benjamin. Remember, the Benjamites were a very fierce tribe, warriors. Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin, a mighty man also. Now, chapter 9, it says, So all Israel were recorded by genealogies, and indeed, they were inscribed in the book of the kings of Israel. But Judah was carried away captive to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. You see what I mean about Chronicles from God's perspective? God gives the reason why they went into captivity. For their unfaithfulness. They didn't let the land rest. And they got all mixed up with idolatry. And the first inhabitants who dwelt and their possessions and their cities were Israelites, priests, Levites, and the Nethanims. Verse 3, we get the first dwellers in Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem the children of Judah dwelt, and some of the children of Benjamin, and the children of Ephraim, and Manasseh, youth of the son of Amihub, and so on and so forth, all the way down to verse 9. They give those individuals who were first dwellers in Jerusalem. In verse 10, we get the listing of the priests of Jerusalem, the priests of Jediah, uh, Jehoiarib, and Jachim, and Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Meshulam, and the son of Zodak, the son of Merath, and the son of Ahitub, and the officer over the house of God. And at the end of verse 13 says, They were very able men for the work of the service of the house of God. Verse 14 you get the listing of the Levites. From verse 35 to verse 44, you get the family of King Saul. And it traces it down, which brings us to chapter 10, which um, gives us the tragic end of Saul and his sons, which brings us to the end of Saul and the beginning of the reign of David. It says, Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons. And the Philistines called Jonathan, killed Jonathan, not called them. They killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua, Saul's sons. The battle became intense against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised men come and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. You have the same record at the end of Samuel in the first chapter of 2 Samuel. And Saul apparently saw that there was no way out. And rather than to have the enemy kill him and abuse him, he took his life. There are very few instances of suicide in the Bible. But here is one of the few. But here we see a tragic end. Saul was a handsome man, a big man, uh, head above everyone else. 
he began so humble. And if you look at the man Saul and you look at his life, he had great ability. Though I don't believe he was God's choice, but the people's choice, he had great ability. And God was willing to use him for his glory. But Saul began humble and God-centered, but he grew proud and self-centered. And the women would come out and cry, Saul has killed his thousands, and oh, he loved it. And then David came on the scene, and they began to sing, Saul has killed his thousands, and David is tens of thousands. And Saul, I, David, from that day on. Envy and jealousy. How tragic it is when the people of God are envious and jealous of each other. Where God would bless certain people with gifts and abilities, whether it be in singing or in music or in teaching or whatever area. And they become so possessive, so territorial, that they desire no other rivals. And in effect, they quench the work and they limit the work of God. There is room and opportunity for everybody to be used. And let me give you some good news. Nobody can replace you. You are unique. God has a purpose for you. And it isn't to compete or to exclude others. Verse 11 says, When all Jabesh Gilead heard all the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men rose up. They took the body of Saul, the bodies of his sons. They brought them to Jabesh, and they buried his bones under the tamarisk, the tree of Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. And so Saul died for his unfaithfulness. Now we get the reason why Saul died, why God allowed him to be killed, or literally took his life, but it was after the order of God to remove him. He died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord. What was that? He did not wipe out the enemy of God. He should have wiped out the Amalekites. He saved the king, the best of the spoil. Samuel says, what is the bleeding of the sheep that I hear in my ear? Did not God tell you to wipe everything out? Oh, I did. Bless the Lord. Compromise. So Samuel said, you have done wickedly and wrong, for God has found another man after his own heart. And the kingdom is going to be taken from you. Disobedience. It's better to obey than to sacrifice than to hearken to the fat of rams. For the sin of rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Heavy words. Secondly, because he did not keep the words of the Lord, also he consulted mediums for guidance or familiar spirits. He went to the witch of Endor after God would not speak to him, and he sought to find out what was going to happen. He called up the spirit of Samuel, and there he told him that the next day he and his sons would be with him. But he did not inquire of the Lord, therefore he killed him and turned the kingdom over to David and the son of Jesse. Here it is what I mean about Chronicles through God's perspective. Saul thought he killed himself. Here God says, and God killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. You see how different it is through God's eyes? We say, yeah, but I did this and, and you know, when I preached and, and hundreds came and I did this and who? <laughs> and God says, and I used John to bring hundreds. It all depends 
what perspective we take. Many lessons we have to learn from Saul and from the men of the Bible. Pastor Xavier Reese and the lessons learned from a right look at history. Now today's message carries the title, 1 Chronicles chapters 1 through 10, and is available on CD for just $4. And by the way, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. Now that title to ask for once again is 1 Chronicles chapters 1 through 10, or you can simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com